millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Three very impressive race performances. One glorious victory and leadership for the first time in his career for Alex Lowe's of the World Superbike Championship. Yes, the Philip Island winner is with us on this week's Full Throttle, as well as his crew chief, Marcel Dwinker. All of that coming up in today's Full Throttle podcast from Eurosport. I'm Greg Haynes, and this is Monday, the 23rd of March, 2020. Alex, congratulations, first of all, from all of us at Eurosport. Alex Lowe's world championship leader. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly uh, sounds good. Obviously, we've only done one race. It'd be uh, sound a lot better if it's later in the year, but it was a, a great, great start for my time in green, and I really enjoyed that first weekend down in Australia. Now, just before we get into the interview proper, I've got to ask you this, because I've been thinking about it while I was getting ready for the interview. <laughs> you and Sam are identical brothers, obviously. Yeah. Have you ever pretended to be one another and taken advantage of certain scenarios? Um, not anything too extreme. Um, I, was, <laughs> I went to Qatar after Australia and he was struggling to ride with his shoulder. I was trying to convince him to let me do a few laps on the motor two bike, but he, <laughs> he didn't let me. So that's a shame. Yeah, that must have been a bit weird because you went to Qatar straight from Oz, didn't you? But obviously in the end, had to come away without a race. Yeah, we went there. Um, obviously to support my... The plan was to support my brother and I played in the European Tour Pro-Am at the Qatar Golf Club. So that was quite quite good fun. And then we was meant to stay for the World Subak race, obviously, but we just came back after the mm. um, after the GP once it was postponed. But... Yeah, it was. Uh, I quite. It's a shame, really. Qatar is always a, a great event, so it's a shame that that happened. But obviously, more important issues that you know we've got going on at the minute. Yeah, obviously, you and I don't really know exactly what's going on, do we? But what's your take on the whole situation? How has it affected you? How are you feeling about the whole scenario? Yeah, um, I try not to have too much of an opinion on it, to be honest. I, it, I don't know anything about the obviously the science of it all. Um, just try to listen to the people that that do know um, and listen to the advice um i've got a gym and everything at home so i've just been spending mm. uh, you know spending time at home spending time with kareem my wife so she'll be fed up with me soon which could be dangerous but apart <laughs> from that i'm just trying to be um trying to be positive and waiting for some news and once we know you know 
clearly it's going to be a little bit of a delay, but once we know what's happening, make sure I'm, I'm ready to uh, to start the season again. I was having a chat with Corinne on the build-up to the race weekend, and she was saying, you know, she always gets quite nervous, but it was great <laughs> to see her and Marcel in the pit lane celebrating after you crossed the line. It was a great TV moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it, it was strange. It was a little bit of a strange weekend. Obviously, I spent so long with the Crescent Racing team on the Suzuki and then with the Yamaha mm. Um so it was, you know, we, I was really close to all them guys. Still, am close to them guys. So to have the first race weekend, you know, testing is one thing, but to have the first race weekend together with all the new mechanics, new team, you know, everything always works a little bit different. And even something silly that you don't always think of, like you know, the people you speak to on the grid, the the plan you go through before the race, it's all a little bit different. So there was lots of lots of unknowns from that side before the weekend. So to come away with a good result for all of us in, in the start of this new new challenge was, was fantastic and obviously a little bit emotional because it's always nice to start in a good way. Have you got close at any point yet, Alex, to putting into the Yamaha garage and testing or <laughs> over the Phillip Island weekend? No, I've had lots of lots of jokes with the mechanics, but once I was past the, the test, I was really, every time at the first couple of tests in Aragon and Jerez, I was thinking, don't turn into, don't turn into Yamaha, <laughs> don't turn into Yamaha, but um, yeah, now I'm, I'm fully team green now and it, it's, it's normal. It seems like I've been there longer than a few months. It feels like that from the outside, actually. You could just tell from your interviews on the TV and the way everything is, it almost seems like you've been there for years already, doesn't it? Yeah, the team have been fantastic. You know, the, There's so much that goes on away from the racetrack that we don't always see and you guys don't always see. But it's been. I've spent a lot of time in, in Barcelona over the winter, um, not just for, for the riding and, and off-road riding and, and getting prepared for the season, but also to try and work on the, the human side and the mechanics and, and building them relationships, which for me personally are, are really, really important. So it's been great. They've been, been fantastic, fantastic, welcomed me really well into the team. And it's been, I've been learning, learning lots as well, um, which is also, also great. So yeah, it's, it's going really well. Um, obviously it's easy to say that after a, a really successful first round, but in general with a team, I'm, I'm feeling great and, and really enjoying it. Just going back to Yamaha, actually, I was talking not too long ago with Herbie Blash and Herbie was saying what yeah. a great guy you are and that you work very closely yeah. and got on really well and that you got him a nice signed frame picture, I think it was, when, when you left the team. And he said he really feels you've moved on as a person and a rider. And that's nice, isn't it, coming from someone as experienced as Herbie? Yeah, Herbie's a, he's a legend and he had some, some good advice for me over my time at Yamaha you know, from... He's worked with a lot of people, a lot of different yeah. teams, obviously in the car world, but in, in business, in the, in, the, in the Formula One and, and in bikes. And um, you know, people like that, there's always something to be learned from them. But on top of that, he's just a great, great guy that I got on with really well. So yeah, I miss them guys. Obviously, he's still around the paddock. You know how close the paddock is, so I'll still be catching up with them most weekends. So let's go right back, Alex. When was the earliest you thought, oh, this could be possible here, a move to Kawasaki or... Did you contact them? Did they contact you? When was the earliest moment you can remember some sort of inclination that there could be a chance? Um, really early, actually. Sort of after, maybe sort of in July, start of August last year, um, there was sort of some talk about um, some contact from Kawasaki about what we was doing next year. Um, I think obviously Top Rat moving, or he indicated to them that he was going to be leaving. Um, I think obviously helped me. I, I guess the their original plan would have been to to move Top Rack into the main team. I don't really yeah. know, obviously, but um, and I was obviously doing okay at Yamaha, but I'd been there a long time, and obviously I was I was sort of 
not ready for a change because I was sort of committed to the project there. But when if you did have to change, you know, to if you could choose a team to go to, it would be the the KRT guys. And if you could choose a teammate, it would have been Jonathan. So yeah. it was a pretty ideal scenario for me when um, Hodgie asked me about it initially. Um, obviously, you've always got the the concern that you're jumping into being teammates with with Johnny Ray, who's dominated more or less, if you say on average, over the last five years. So there's always a little bit of um, you know, from the outside, you might think oh, it's not all about Johnny, but you, you could think that, um, and rightly so with what he's done. So I was a little bit, I didn't think about that a little bit, but you know, if I've always dreamed about being on the same bike as him and trying to work out if how good you really are or aren't, or if I can improve and challenge him is one of the big sort of motivation factors for me. So when I sort of knew it was available. I tried to, to, to grab the opportunity and do everything we can to make it happen. But it was quite long after that that it was all sorted out. And Jonathan is, as you say, he's such a pro, isn't he? The, the way he goes about every single aspect of the business, whether it's the riding, the media stuff, he just seems to have every single thing down to a T, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You know, I, I, I like Johnny. Um, I've always had, obviously always had good respect for him as, as a rider and what he does on track. Um, you, you can't question any of that side of his, his performance and how hard he works with the guys and you know, the guys he's got around him, how close he is with them. That that takes a lot of lot of effort. So I've got a lot of respect for that. And yeah, he, he tries really hard with the the um, I don't know, I'd say that the media or, or not not doing the right thing. But he's actually, he's a good bloke, and sometimes yeah. I think he, he worries a bit too much about about doing the right thing. He's he's there dominating races every weekend and for me he can do not can do what he wants but in a little bit of that attitude it might um might ease him up a little bit but you know, he's the he's in the unfortunate situation where he's the guy that we're all trying to beat yeah. and i think that uh, he keeps raising the level so i'm thankful for him for uh you know all these guys that come into super they're all obviously aiming at trying to beat jonathan and i think that is what we're now seeing is, is taking world Superbike to another level so it's good, yeah. And he is, he is he's a great guy. Good bloke. Yeah, that is the thing, I guess, isn't it? When you've been so successful, you get this target on your back, don't you, from everyone. But yeah. I remember when I came into the paddock in 2015, Jonathan was the one guy who stood out for me as the one who really seemed to care the most about the championship itself. Obviously, he's looking after himself, as everybody is. But he really does care about the paddock and the promotion the championship itself gets. And he's looking at the bigger picture all the time. Yeah, of course. You know, he's 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 the number one guy and he I think he does feel a sense of responsibility to, to keep trying to push World Superbike which is great and as we all do as riders you know, we, we want it, we want the best racing for the fans and and I don't I wouldn't say I feel sorry for him I don't feel sorry for him winning five world titles but the way he's dominated some, the way he's dominated some races you can't knock him for no for making it boring that's not you know it's up to us and me and all the other guys in the in, to try and try and catch him and try and make the racing better, which you know we're all trying to do. So sometimes you, you, when you do win so much, you can get a little bit of negative negative mm. press. But um, I think he, he wears it all quite well, and I think he's he's, he's a good, good good ambassador for Superbike. Yeah, no, I think it does feel. I don't know how you feel, Alex, but it does feel like everyone else has stepped up a gear this year. I don't know whether it's responding to HRC, but it feels like Yamaha's put more investment in. Yeah. Uh, BMW are getting there. It feels, it just feels like the whole level stepped up a gear this year. Yeah, yeah, it has, and you know, we have to be a bit careful. Philip Island is always a track that, um, yeah, that can produce close racing, and, and certainly grouped at the front. You have to manage the tire wear and stuff like that. But 
you know, I'm, it's it's exciting time for Superbikes because there's a lot of good teams and a lot of fantastic riders. So I just hope that the racing, if the racing can be anything like that every weekend, I'll certainly have a, a smile on my face. And I'm looking forward to the, the European, a few more rounds to really see how it all pans out. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of the closest seasons, certainly that I've been involved in since I joined the championship. Yeah, fingers crossed it will be. Hopefully we'll get another round sometime quite soon. Um, going back to last year, obviously you had the unfortunate incident, ironically, with Jonathan in Jerez. Mm. And in the end, of course, you ended up becoming teammates as a result of that with your contract not being automatically renewed. But after that, once you'd got past Jerez and all the drama had died down, it must have been a bit of a difficult time for you, not knowing what was going to happen for the next season. Yeah, m- maybe. Um, the, the problem was that race I did in with Jonathan there in Jerez actually was one of my best races to the last corner, obviously, because... Mm. Michael yeah. was a little bit faster than me and he, it, well, he was a couple of seconds up the road. So I knew five or six laps to go that it was a, a, a battle for third. And I managed the, the race quite well. I did a good last lap, clean, quite uh, fast in the laps before. So I took a lot of confidence from it. You know, it, there wasn't really space there for Johnny to try and pass me. He did. And, and unfortunately I crashed. And then I didn't deal with the, the Sunday very well. I was, Harass always been a great track for me. One I really, really enjoy. And, um, I felt like I had really good speed that weekend. So I was trying, I over tried on Sunday and, and DNF twice. And that was sort of a good point for me, really, because I had a little look at myself, understood what I did wrong, and it made me a bit stronger for the, the second part of the season. Obviously, like you say, in my Yamaha contract, if I was in the top three in the championship, it was automatic renewal for this season. And after Hareth, it was, I think I was fourth by a couple of points or something. But um, it meant that it wasn't, which was quite good because obviously it's allowed me to, to make this step up with, with Kawasaki, which is, like I say, it's quite funny that it was essentially Johnny knocking me off that, that, that caused that. But um, yeah, after then... <laughs> it wasn't a secret a secret plan, was it, between the two of you? <laughs> they might <laughs> regret it if it was, but no. He, um, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah, after that, I wouldn't say it was a, a difficult time. I, I, I give everything to to my race and I love it more than I ever had and I was right I feel like I'm riding the best I ever had so I was just really focused on on trying to um beat Marky in the championship and and get some good results for the for the end of the season and then I was thinking if it's hard every year trying to sort of get a job for the year after or think about that but I just tried to really focus on on the races do the best I could and if I did a really good last part of the season and I didn't get a ride then it's out of my control, but I could control the results and I made sure I rode the best I could and ended up getting third, which was meant quite a lot to me. Obviously, leaving Yamaha to get top three on sort of last year with them was, was, was quite rewarding and good to beat Mikey as well. I had a fantastic relationship with, with Vandermark over the years we were there and we got on really well. So we always ended up battling closely on track and it was it was good times there. Yeah, who do you consider as your closest friends in the paddock, Alex? Obviously, there's a few, but it does seem like you and Michael and then Corinne and Nadia, and you're always together. That seems like a, a really close, almost like a family-like bond there. Yeah, honestly, I, I've got on with Michael really well. He's a fantastic guy. In Philip Island, when I won the second race, um, I think he was fourth again, Mikey, and he um, came down to the podium. Oh, that's nice. That's and nice. It means a lot, really. We, we, yeah, we, we've, got, we've got great respect. We had, we've done Suzuka together a few times, and we're very similar. Um, we've got an ability to, to get on off the track and then smash into each other for 20 laps on it, trying to beat each other. And it, 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 yeah, he's great to race against. He's aggressive, but he's, he's well, I would class him very in control and um, don't always look it from the, from the television, but he's, 
in a battle, he's a fantastic rider to, to ride against. And we've had lots of, lots of great battles. So um, I would say from a purely um, riding side, I'm get on well with Michael. And But in terms of friends away from racing, I'm obviously good friends with, with Leon Haslam. Been friends for a lot of years and we will be when we start racing. So in terms of my closest friend, I'd have to say Leon. Um, yeah, we we train together, golf together, and they, him and the family have done a lot for me for, for a long time now, 15 years. So that's a bit more than I class that friendship as a bit more than than racing outside racing, but. In the podcast, I get on well with, with Michael. So bearing that in mind then, and obviously like you say, Al, you've both been around racing and you've, you know, you've lived for long enough to understand this stuff, but it must have been a bit weird in a way then when you thought, hang on, there's a chance I could move into Kawasaki, but hold on a minute, that's my best friend's ride. How does that sort of work? Yeah, it was awkward. Um, and obviously, you know, in, we've got a short career and we need to try and make the best decisions for our career you know, every year. And I'd expect Leon, or even my brother, anyone to do the same if they have an opportunity. And um, we we were speaking a lot um, in contact with each other about what was happening. Um, so obviously, clearly, it's, it's not an ideal situation. And um, I'm really happy how it's worked out with Leon getting the Honda ride. And I think he'll be fantastic for that project, especially if he's got so much experience. And he gives everything, no matter if the bike's not quite right yet, or he'll, he'll still give everything. So I think he'll be fantastic for that project, and it's worked out well well for us both. But uh, yeah, it obviously, it's, it's always a little bit awkward when you're, you're fighting for the same jobs. I suppose it's tricky, isn't it? Because as you grow up as a kid and you want to be whatever it is in life, whether it's a fireman or yeah. whatever, as a childhood dream, you know, let's just say a fireman as an example. There's quite a lot of firemen around, yeah. whereas there's only two Kawasaki World Superbike riders, aren't there? Yeah. So I suppose it's always going to happen to some extent at one point or another. Yeah, it is. And like I say, we, we, all you can do is just be honest about it with each other. And um, hopefully in the end, it doesn't come between the friendship. But, you know, it, it's worked out well. You know, I've got a dream of being a world champion and I'm still getting up every day believing that. So I've got to make the right decisions for uh, for myself as well. But it's worked out well. How do you feel you moved on, Alex? It's a bit like what Herbie was saying and other people have said, you know, years ago, you might have come into the garage annoyed and yeah. thrown stuff around and whatever. Now, I don't obviously work in the team, but it just feels watching you and listening to you in interviews and all the rest of it. You seem to have just matured as a rider, as a person. You seem really, not that you were insecure before, but you feel so secure in yourself now. Yeah, I feel it, to be honest. I feel, I feel the last, I had a really tough year with injuries in 2016, the first mm. year of the Yamaha project. And uh, they always say, oh, you learn more from your bad years than, than your good years. And yeah. I think you do, really. You learn about yourself. You learn that you still love love, love the game. And I've worked really hard on the mental side of, of the sport. Um, you know, I, I'm always, my default setting is to just give it everything and, and try hard. And uh, it, it, it doesn't always happen just by trying harder. You know, that, it's not what you need to do. You need to be smart. You need to understand um, more about when to apply yourself, how to work with the team, how to work with the bike. And, you know, I, I love the challenge of trying to improve myself every day, every year. And, and as it's turned out over the last three or four years, I've been steadily improving. Obviously, I've still got a lot I can improve on, but it's I've got a better understanding of of what how I work, I suppose, which is experience. And and what I need to do on the bike, and that's given me a bit, of, bit a lot more self-confidence, and that allows me to be a bit calmer. I remember doing an interview once with Mario Andretti. Yeah, obviously was an F1 world champion, Indy 500 winner, and he said one of the nicest things I've ever heard said in an interview. He said, 
whenever I came home, it didn't matter whether I'd had a good day, a bad day, crashed the car, won the race, won the championship or whatever. I always got the same kiss. Yeah. Do you feel that's important as well? That love you get at home? It doesn't matter regardless of what's happened on the track. You've always got that support back at home. Yeah. And, you know, my wife, Karine's fantastic. You know, she's really, um, she, we've got a fantastic life. And obviously at the minute, our life is slightly biased towards me trying to do the best I can in, in my sport. And, but when I start racing, we'll still have a fantastic life and, and we're really lucky and privileged to, to do what we do. And we always remind ourselves of that. And she reminds me and, and, and vice versa. And that helps a lot. And it, it's, it is important. It takes not take the pressure off, but if you can have that balance, it certainly helps. I think with with your racing. But I've also got a lot of other good people around me in the garage. You know, Rocky, Dave Ryan is my assistant or whatever you want to call him that comes and helps me. He, he's fantastic as well. He's calm and he understands it from a sporting side. So you know, putting these good people around you certainly certainly helps and helps me helps me you know, appreciate and remember that I'm, I'm doing something that I only dreamed about doing when I was a, ki- a kid and there's not that many people that can mm. say they're doing that. So it's always important to remember that. And Corinne obviously works in the racing world as well with Monster. Yeah. Is that how you guys met? Was she already working with Monster when you met? or? Yeah, she, we, I knew her from being around the paddock. I think she was already working with Monster. Um, and I knew her a little bit before we started dating as it was. But um, yeah, long, quite, quite a while ago now. So it's uh, still going strong, bless her. She's putting up with me for now, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the feeling she's sitting there now listening to every word. Yeah, she's downstairs waiting for uh, Hodge, Neil Hodgson, the manager's coming over and we're, we've, we've got some stuff to talk about, little bits and bobs and just have a catch up really. So <laughs> she's waiting for him to come hey, waiting for him to come over. But uh, my brother's just moved back around the corner from, from me. From He had a place in Isle of Man who's living in Italy. So he's, He's got a place back here now, so she's she's going to palm me off onto Sam a bit, so that's all right. And how is Sam, by the way? Because he's obviously had a bit of a tricky start to the year, hasn't he, with his injuries? Yeah, he's all right. You know, injuries are part of the game in our in our sport. Um, he was a little bit unlucky, but um, yeah, he had a, a shoulder injury in her testing. Um, but he's okay. Um, he's he's getting back to, to some good fitness now, and you know, like everyone else, just. Uh, just patiently waiting for when it all kicks off but uh, yeah he's he's fine he's fine just before we sign off Alex we'll have to talk about Marcel Dwinker because we've got him on the show in a few minutes um how have you found it working with Marcel it's been an interesting time for him hasn't it because he's had Tom Sykes Leon Haslam now Alex Lowe three riders in three years top guy though yeah first thing fantastic guy really really nice nice guy and um from so from away from the the job fantastic got on with him really well from the you know, first sort of meetings we had with him in the garage is you know got so much experience and a lot of knowledge and already you know from the testing he was helping me understand a bit more about the bike and it's, it's been it's, it's been great to work with he's very um methodical very clever and gives he's very precise with me which i, I really like but honestly it's been normally it takes a bit of time with a crew chief to uh to, to adapt and to get the most from each other. But I've been lucky. I've worked with a lot of good guys over the years and um, I've learned a lot how to deal with them. But, but Marcel has been fantastic. And I really, I really believe he's going to help me unlock a bit more from myself as well, which is, which is promising going into the rest of this season. What's quite interesting is that Marcel, unlike people like Pete Jennings, Andrew Pitt, people you've worked with before, he's not actually 
an ex-rider himself, is he? His, his background is in suspension. Yeah. Do you find it's a bit of a different sort of relationship, the approach he has? Yeah, obviously, an ex-rider, you've always got the sport inside of it where there's still an ex-rider, so that the emotions are slightly different in the garage, and um, you have to channel them to make it a positive. Whereas with Marcel, there's a lot more, during the sessions, I would say, there's, there's a lot more of a uh, calm approach in terms of he's looking at the the technical side of it is always coming from that angle, which in our practice sessions, the job is to improve the bike, to give us the tools to, to do the best we can in the race. So, um, yeah, it's certainly a different dynamic, but, um, like I said, I think it's going to allow me to, to work the work a little bit better in the garage. And, and as we saw in Phillip Island, you know, everybody was slightly concerned apart from me and Marcel really about the, the race pace that we had. We were quite confident. We hadn't done the fast laps in the tests and stuff, but, we stuck to our game plan, which I was really proud about after the event. And luckily it, it paid off, you know, some questions saying, oh, do we need to change more? Because we didn't look like we was too quick. But um, from Saturday when we started using a lot more fr- sort of fresh tyres and going for lap times, I was fast. And I was also fast at the end of races, which is what we've been working on. And a lot of that approach came from me and Marcel and, and how we managed the situation, which I was, you know, like I said, I was proud of how we did that. And finally, Alex, what was it like there? Because there was a great chat between you and Jonathan going up the stairs to the podium, which we could hear on the TV. And he said, everyone was smashing into me. There was a lot of contact in that last race in particular, wasn't there? Yeah, it was great. Now, honestly, yeah. I think that um, I, I love it when we got a battle. I've always enjoyed having good yeah. battles from when I first jumped up on a superbike in BSB. And, you know, if, that's when I'm at my happiest. If you're in a battle, you're trying to beat the other guy. You're trying to be smart, and you know, people think that people think that, that that battling is about being aggressive and 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 you know, diving up the inside and barging someone out of the way. And do you know what? Honestly, it's completely the opposite. The calmer you can be when you're battling, I think you're going to be in a better position. And that's something I've always, always tried to think about. And even before that race in Philippines, I was charging up and down the cabin and getting ready with with Rocky and I was saying, stay calm, stay calm, because there's going to be people up the inside, there's going to be two or three abreast sometimes on the braking, and the calmer I could be would allow me to put myself and the bike in the correct position to be to be there at the end of the race, and also obviously look after the tyres, which is another thing that's important there, and I always think that I, I'm one of the calmest guys in the battle, and I think if you watch the race back on telly, it looked like that, so it's nice to have a bit of a game plan and see it, see it sort of come off yeah and of course you had your reminder on your pit board old bull which confused wit and i a bit at the time but we've since had it explained to us quite well by Andrew <laughs> Pitt. but if you could just explain to us in the nicest possible way what's that all about to anyone who doesn't know old bull a uh, funny story behind the old bull i was when i first ever rode a superbike team wfr honda i was uh glenn richards was my teammate um who got on to be a good friend of mine and i was we was testing at donington um and I'd gone, been going fast at the previous test and was doing the test and I'm going to Spain for the last pre-season test. And I crashed after about four laps, big high side down Craner Curves and cut all my leg. And, and I was in the medical centre and Glenn, my, he was obviously my teammate at that time, he came to me and said, um, put his arm around me, we was having a little chat. And I thought it was a bit strange, obviously. I was a young guy and you don't normally get advice or help from your teammate. You just want to beat him. And he gave me the old bull story, which was along the lines of you know, the, the young bull just wants to get everything done immediately whereas the old bull is calm takes his time but in the end sort of he conquers it all and it's a little bit more of a rude analogy than that I was going to say it's a very, a yeah, very good way of putting it yeah 
in a in a in a nutshell, it was, and I, I never really got it then. I was still just thinking, just want to go fast, just want to win, just want to do well. But but now I use the old ball as as just um, you know to remind me that it's not about being fastest on that lap, or it's about being calm and being there at the end, which sort of worked really well at Phillip Island. But it's something I. I use to try and maximise performance all the time. So, yeah, it's just something to remind me, really. Yeah, well, it definitely worked, didn't it? Championship leader. We don't know when the next round's going to be, <laughs> but what's the plan now before uh, whenever the next round is, whether it's Aragon, Misano, Donington, who knows? Uh, anything happening? Golf? As long as you're not in lockdown, I guess. Yeah, if I'm not in lockdown, I'll try and get out, get some fresh air, play some golf. Obviously, it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's quite important that we all stick by the social distancing mm, yeah. um, guidelines yeah. that have been set. Um, and... You know, on the golf course, obviously, it's easy to do that. But I'm I'm staying away from from public places. Like I said, I've got the, the gym and everything at home. So, you know, for me, honestly, it's um, I'm actually taking a steady couple of weeks, um, recharge the batteries, um, listen to obviously what's what's being said, and once we get a definite plan of, of when we start again, I'll um, I'll keep my training up into gear and just make sure I'm, I'm fresh and and ready to to start the season in in, in the best way that I can. So. I'm just being positive about everything. Um, it's the situation we've got is is bigger than the, the motorbikes. It's important that we we look after the health of our friends and family and, and come together at this time. Not not try to think that we're all victims and we want to be doing this and we want to be doing that. It's important for us to to stay positive. And, and all I know is when when the time's right and we're back racing, I'm going to make sure I'm I'm ready to. Uh, to start where we, we left off at Phillip Island. Yeah, well said, Alan. Congratulations on Phillip Island. It was brilliant, really brilliant for all of us to watch back <laughs> at home. And uh, good luck with the, with the rest period and good luck with the next round, whenever that might be. Yeah, you too, mate. Look after yourself. And here he is now, Marcel. Some great words there from Alex about you. So now is your chance to praise your rider. What's it been like working with Alex so far? Yeah, first of all, uh, thank you for inviting me in the in the show. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, since since the the very first test in uh, in Spain in Aragon, it's been uh, it's been a very nice experience. Um, my group, uh, our our team, my group has been together since the end of 2011. Uh, we are we are still together after all these years, and uh, yeah, we are lucky with uh, with Alex because because he's a very nice guy. He fits very well in the group. We we share the same interests and challenges. So uh, yeah, so far very nice. And as you say, you guys have been working together for 10 years, haven't you? Basically, with all of the mechanics on your side of the garage at Provec. That continuity must be very nice for you, Marcel, to already know everybody as friends, not just as colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's quite special in this environment to, to be together for, for all these years. We had some uh, great ups and we had also some downs over all these years. Uh, we are still together and uh, this shows... Uh, uh, that we are a very strong, strong group, and uh, yeah, I must. I could, the only thing I can say is that it's uh, very special. I'm lucky to have uh, these guys around me. So when Tom Sykes left at the end of 2018, that must have really felt like the end of a chapter for you, because of course you'd been championship runners up, you'd won the championship together. Um, you know, you could have won three titles. It was very close to being three, wasn't it? Not just one. So for that to end must have been quite a strange moment for you. Yeah, um, also because uh, on the end of 2011, when we uh, we moved to Provec and uh, we formed a new team around Tom, um, we had an impressive um, progress in 2012, almost won the championship. And of course, we know 
2013 and 2014, we had a lot of wins and a lot of successes. And uh, yeah, this was uh, also this was my first year as a crew chief. So I started as crew chief on the end of 11 with Tom. And uh, yeah, after all these years with Tom, then uh, because he left, sure, it was a bit of a strange uh, situation. But uh, on the end, you know, these things happen to be together all, mm. for seven years yeah. in a row is already something special. So we only look positive uh, with positive minds back to this period. And uh, yeah, we moved on. What's it like then, Marcel, working with Tom and then working with Leon Haslam and now with Alex? They're all quite different guys, top riders, all of them, of course, and all champions in their own right. But how different is Alex, for example, to Leon Haslam last year and to Tom the year before? Do you have to work quite differently to get the best out of each rider? Um, for, on the end, the process, you know, the formula we are, we are uh, using, uh, we, we, do, we, don't, we don't change this formula in this process. So... Uh, on the end, uh, in all these years, you build a kind of a system which uh, which you which functions on the end with every kind of rider. Of course, there are different riders with different characters and different riding styles. But on the end, you don't change much of of your process. Um, what what uh, was quite outstanding and what I felt quite interesting that is that when you change rider. Sure, you get different kind of feedback. You have different kind of characters, and and on the end, you learn quite a lot. So uh, the switch from Tom to Leon and from Leon to Alex in these, uh, let's say, uh, two two years, we've learned a lot. And uh, in this moment, we are putting everything together to to do well with Alex. And uh, after Philip Island, I can only say that we uh, we reached our first target. Well, I mean, it was a tremendous race weekend, wasn't it, for you guys, for results and for us watching as well and commentating on it. After the test, of course, nobody was quite sure what was going to happen. And I thought, oh, it looks like Alex is struggling. But having just spoken with him, I realize now he was actually very confident all the way through, wasn't he? And you can never know quite for sure how it's going to be after the test. It seems like he was extremely confident as soon as you got to Australia. Yeah, we had a very good winter test. We were very strong lap time wise and also over distance. So uh, we did several uh, time, we did long runs and uh, we knew also on used tires, the speed was uh, was in the, in the window. Of course, moving to Phillip Island, your target moves from a winter test where there is no pressure and, and things are quite easy to uh, the pre-test before the race weekend. And of course, your, your targets are completely different from that moment. Um, yeah, what we... What we um, targeted from the beginning was to uh, to uh, do a lot of laps on every single set of tires because we know that Phillip Island uh, stresses the left side of the tire a lot. Um, this this truck uh, stresses the tires uh, the most uh, if we if we consider all the, the the different race trucks during the season. So we knew um, we knew what our target was. We needed to. Um, get the maximum performance and maximum potential from the rear tire. That's where we concentrated on from the very first uh, first lap of the test. And uh, yeah, on the end, uh, the final standing of the of the test on Tuesday afternoon, uh, many people thought, oh, oh my God, they are, they are yeah. not where they should be. But uh, in the last hour, many riders or all, almost all the riders started to throw in new set of tires just to make you know, an impressive lap time, but this was not our aim. Our aim was different. So um, once we finished the test, we uh, had a lot of information over distance. We knew where we needed to improve for Friday. 
And every single session on, on Friday and Saturday, we were coming closer to the top guys. And uh, yeah, we all know the result uh, of, uh, of race one. Yeah, absolutely superb first round, wasn't it? The action. It was great. I thought that we got three different winners as well for the first time. That had obviously never happened before on one yeah, single weekend. Yeah, it's been great. Obviously, Marcel, we've... Yeah, it was tremendous, wasn't it? But we've said, obviously, haven't we? Philip Island is never a true gauge of the season ahead. But do you feel as well, like Alex does, that this year will be more competitive, generally speaking, whenever the racing does continue? Yeah, I, I'm sure um, all the riders will be closer together because uh, there are uh, many different manufacturers improve their machine, change machine, and the Kawasaki yeah. is more or less the same. Of course, we, we are in a never-ending a process of development, but uh, I'm, I'm sure other manufacturers are, are slowly coming closer. So I expect things to be closer, closer racing than what we've seen in the last years. And uh, yeah, I must say, I can't wait to get back to the truck. Yeah, me neither. I don't know when it's going to be, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, Marcel, this question, this next question is probably, probably worth a podcast of its own, actually. But I'm just keen to know what you think about the evolution of the regulations over the last few years. It feels a little bit like it's not quite so open from a technical point of view, like you can't change quite so much anymore. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, we, we, the, the regulations got um, more limited, but mainly, mainly on, uh, on engine tuning. So for sure, we uh, aren't allowed to change any gearbox uh, ratios uh, during the season. We, uh, we run the same kind of, uh, we need to run the homologated primary so sure, we have some limitations also on performance part yeah. inside the engine. So the, en the engine performance went down over the years a, a bit. But um, on the end, what we are trying to achieve on the track is uh, getting the maximum performance of our, out of our chassis and uh, out of our tires. So from this point of view, our job did not change. And what's the general feeling you think, in your opinion? Because I was asking Alex before whether it almost feels like because HRC is in the paddock now and they're really investing heavily in superbikes again, it almost feels, well, not Kawasaki because Kawasaki has been leading for the last few years anyway, but it almost feels like everybody else in response to Honda has had to up their game. I'm sure that's not the only reason, but is that is that fair to say, or is that just me inventing things? Now, Ducati um, set the trend uh, last year by yeah. bringing uh, a bike which was uh, only uh, developed for uh, for World Superbike. So, uh, as we saw last year, especially in the first uh, first part of the season, they were uh, uh, far ahead, uh, especially on engine performance compared to everybody else. And uh, the combination of Bautista and Ducati was uh, was impressive. So uh, they set um, uh, a different uh, a different target for every manufacturer, and uh, of course last year things changed uh, after some rounds in in our advantage, and on the end Kawasaki won the championship again. But still, uh, Ducati and Honda they are raising the 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 performance of uh, of superbikes in in general, and everybody needs need to respond, and that's what uh, I'm sure every manufacturer is working on, also Kawasaki, but. Um, we know our package. It's very, very well balanced. We, we, we saw many, many race wins and championship in the last seven years. So uh, uh, we will uh, continue working with the actual machine uh, for 2020, but uh, we are working hard for uh, a model update in the near future. Yeah, that's going to be exciting perhaps for next year, isn't it? Finally, Marcel, with all this coronavirus chaos going on at the moment, what does a 
world championship leading crew chief do when there's no races more time with the wife and kids i guess yeah that's right that's uh, we need to uh, sp- uh, spend some time with the family because i'm i'm sure the second part of the year yeah. will be very busy uh, i uh, i hope we will get back to the truck very soon not because uh, racing is uh, life depending but uh, this means only that uh, the um, uh, the virus is uh, is slowly moving away and people can uh, yeah. pick up their normal life again that's of course what's what's most important and yeah we'll wait and see i uh, pray every day that um, things will improve very soon and i wish everybody all the best yeah maybe we're going to be racing at Christmas for the first time ever, Marcel. <laughs> yes, that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, but you never know the way things yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. The most important is that we all stay positive and uh, yeah. follow the guidelines we'll, uh, we get. Well, Marcel, thanks very much for your time and congratulations again on that wonderful start to the year. Yeah, thank you very much, Greg. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And many thanks to those of you who continue to subscribe to the Full Throttle podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on the Eurosport website, and many other podcast platforms as well. Check out the links on Twitter as well, Eurosport underscore UK. Well, we'll be back next week, Monday the 30th of March, with Mick Shanley, a former British Superbike title winner, of course, as a crew chief with Josh Brooks. And he's the current crew chief of Loris Baz in the World Superbike Championship. A very busy year indeed coming up for Mick. And he'll be talking us through all of the drama of Phillip Island and how he predicts the season might continue whenever the racing is fully back in action. That will be next Monday. But for now, from me, Greg, from also Marcel and Alex, many thanks for listening to Full Throttle. And we'll speak with you next week.